is episode 330 of the Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or at least the introduction, as well as the review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is going to be a fun one. Strap in, sit back, relax. This episode starts right now. And welcome to episode 330 of the Real Me and Cold in the Movie podcast. I am your host, Chase Lee, and uh, thank you for joining me on this uh, episode right here. Uh, if you guys could spread this episode around and show it some love and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. You guys are the very best. And hey, maybe there's someone out there that's just becoming a new movie buff and you know they, they are looking for podcasts. You can... Uh, show them this one, you know, send me their way and maybe they'll, uh, find some comfort or joy in it or just whatever. Cause you know, I'm just, um, you know, some schlub in my, my room, just talking about movies and just, uh, expressing my thoughts and my feelings. Uh, and, uh, all you guys are listening to us. Maybe we can get other people to listen to it. Who knows? But, um, you know, whoever is listening to this, you guys are the very best and you, you, make me want to keep going every single week, especially with episodes like this, because I get to fully nerd out to you guys. Uh, speaking of this episode, the main review of Conversation is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the first Phase 4 film of the MCU. I do not count Black Widow. Yes, the end credit scene to that movie does allude to um, future conflicts in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but... The majority of that film is a prequel, so I don't count it. This is the first full-on Phase 4 introduction to the new era post-Endgame. Like, this is it. So, going to be really fun to talk about. And then before I get into that review, I will go over my week uh, and and just what I've been watching. And then I will also want to dive into Phase 4 kind of theories and speculations because the new Eternals trailer just dropped. And it's actually the final trailer, which is weird, but... I want to talk about Phase 4, even before we get to Shang-Chi, because it, it's going to get even more bonkers than the Infinity uh, Saga storyline. So I just got a lot of thoughts, a lot of theories, um, and so I, I want to kind of just uh, tell you guys, and let, let's see let's see what happens. Let's see where this goes, because I, I have no idea where it's going to go, which is great, because at least it keeps this franchise, you know, fresh and, you know, vibrant, and, you know, it's not going to get stale anytime soon, which is great, because uh, even I worry about that sometimes, and I'm a diehard fan, so, okay, so let's start out with the the week and what I've been watching, uh, but hold on, what am I doing, first of all, how you guys doing, you guys doing pretty good, um, you know, uh, it's uh, middle of August, um, I almost had a heat stroke uh, the other day while playing disc golf, so that was really fun, um, you know, typically, like, when I, I play with my friends, like, you know, I drink like a bunch of water. I might have some hard seltzers. Don't tell anyone. It's not like this episode's going to be on the internet for the whole world to hear. Anyways, I bring um, some seltzers sometimes, but a lot of water because it's like 100 plus degrees outside. Man, I will tell you what. Uh, the last time we did that, uh, my body was shutting down. It was heating up and just like, just <laughs> fight or flight mode for sure. And uh, definitely uh, just almost had a heat stroke. It's like, it, it was really bad. A lot of fun, though. So, you know, if that's one way to go out, you know, that's one way to go out. But, yes, it is getting very, very hot out there. And uh, 
your boy almost died from it. So fantastic. Um, let's see what else. What else has happened in the the world of my week? Um, my in laws are back in town. Uh, they have uh, moved back to Texas. Uh, my father in law is in the military, so he you know is in the army. They're gonna he's gonna be stationed out in Austin for a little bit, and then uh, they will end up about 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes north of us. Uh, at the end of all that, uh, they bought a house up there, um, in Anna, Texas. So yeah, we, they just, they kind of moved back and we've been, you know, uh, we're, we're going to help them out with moving and stuff next week. That's probably why I'm not going to post much. Um, well, I got a lot of stuff banked up and I'll, I'll, I'll reveal that at the end, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a busy week, but that's, that's what's been going on with my life my life stuff uh yeah um oh uh at work you know we're finishing up like our commercials and all that stuff for the dallas cowboys um i work for a law firm i don't know if you guys know this but i'm in the marketing team at a law firm and we are the uh personal injury sponsor of uh the dallas cowboys so we got to film a lot of commercials at AT at&t stadium very fun we got to block off uh, the whole field, and we got we filmed three commercials there: one in a locker room, and then one. Um, God, what was the other one at? Oh, I'm, oh, uh, the the stands. So yeah, we got to utilize the whole stadium, and of course, you're gonna get your steps in because that place is gigantic. Uh, but a lot of fun. We're putting those together. So hopefully, if you guys see if you guys see some Law Boss uh, commercials, uh, law firm with the Dallas Cowboys and Rowdy and you know, maybe the dance team drum line. That's, I was a part of some of that. So you very fun stuff. We're wrapping that up at work. So this should be airing pretty soon. Um, but yeah, that's it. Work wise, as far as what we've been watching, it's just more of the Jersey shore stuff. I will say this. We got to the point where, uh, it's in season four in the Jersey shore where, uh, Mike, the situation, uh, I cannot believe that just left my mouth, but you know, here we are. Uh, Mike, uh, he, he bangs his head into the wall and it was at that point. Cause I, I've seen, I've seen, uh, this whole series. This is my second run through of it. So I, I've already seen the head, head banging scene on the wall, but seeing it again, like knowing that they're older now and like, they're even older than me and like they're in their mid thirties, late thirties. It's kind of sad to know that like when their kids grow up, they're going to watch these episodes. They're going to find some way to watch them. Even if their parents forbid it, they're going to find like, especially like Mike's child, like their dad, like acting like a complete idiot and like nearly killing himself, banging his head on a wall. And just, I don't know. It's a different uh, mindset now. Cause like, yes, it's trash TV. It's fun to watch. It's relaxing, but I don't know. There, there is a part of me that's just, it, it's very sad <laughs> to watch them uh, do what they do and the whole world gets to see it. I don't know. It's just weird. But yes, uh, the Jersey Shore is, uh, that train is still chugging along. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Uh, said no one. You guys are like, Jesus Christ, please stop watching that. Uh, yes, my brain cells are, are dying in real time as we speak. Uh, let's see. We watched the nine perfect strangers, uh, first three episodes that was an interesting show it is definitely left a nice cliffhanger at the end of episode three, but it's kind of, uh, kind of empty so far, you know, it's from the same creator 
of Big Little Lies and the Undoing, and I, I like that type of lifetimey soap opery drama. Like I, I love that stuff. Uh, but for for some weird reason, like this show is captivating, and I, I, my interest is peaked a little bit. But it's not like the hook, line, and sinker effect that Big Little Lies or like uh, the Undoing had on me, or even Little Fires Everywhere. It's the same vibe. Or like after the first episode episode i was like yes i want to keep watching this is just more like wow that was three episodes already okay um yeah i'll continue to watch so i'm not like as jazzed up about it but the cast is outstanding you have nicole kidman obviously i mean she's going to be in all the uh creator uh, of those shows um that's kind of uh, his muse but hey I-, I like nicole kidman michael shannon regina hall um luke evans uh, Melissa McCarthy, uh, Bobby Cannavale, like, what an interesting group of characters uh, and personalities, and it's uh, it's fascinating for sure. But um, we 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 watched the first three episodes of that. And now it's gonna go weekly, but uh, an interesting start so far. And we watched. Uh, I think that was it. Yeah, because uh, we need to watch. Um, the newest episode of Ted Lasso. Uh, that is one of the other shows I'm watching uh, from Apple uh, TV+. Plus. Uh, I finished up... Oh, I finished up The Morning Show, season one. Loved it. Can't wait for season two. Um, that's the one with uh, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Jennifer Aniston, and Steve Carell. Fantastic drama uh, on, on Apple TV+. Plus. I highly recommend it. And then... So Ted Lasso... Yes, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna start Modern Love season two. Uh, that's the anthology series um, that focuses on different couples per episode, but it's all happening in the same city. Uh, we very much love those types of shows and movies and stuff, so we will get up on season two with that. And I'm still trying to finish a typical season four. I will get there. I'm about halfway done, uh, and that's about it so far. There, there's a few more shows kind of popping up. Uh, and cropping up uh, throughout the next like two or three weeks, so definitely a lot of uh, stuff to watch. I know at some point we'll watch uh, some more trash TV with Bachelor in Paradise, because if you thought The Bachelor was trashy, my God, Bachelor in Paradise is like amped up uh, it, with like more caffeine, <laughs> and it's just chaotic. Um, but I remember watching um, the last season of that, and I was just like, wow, this is even worse than The Bachelor, but my God, I'm enjoying it. So, uh, yes, uh, we'll, we'll watch that soon. But I think that's it. Uh, all, all catching up on the TV shows and uh, movies and all that stuff. Because uh, we saw Shang-Chi on Tuesday. Yeah, it was uh, last Tuesday. So um, that was the only like theater experience, movie experience. And I'm seeing Shang-Chi opening night with a crowd on Thursday. So that will be fun and yep that's it so okay so uh hopefully you guys had a good week Uh, hopefully you guys are watching some good stuff tv wise or movie wise please let me know if you ever feel the need to uh want to talk about anything um you know that's that's what we're there for uh on the twitter or anything just uh reach out to us but okay so since i saw shang chi i'm gonna get to the review in just a second let's talk about phase four and let's talk about the future of like what we're experiencing because this is going to be chaos, and I'm here for it. You know, with the Infinity Saga, we had one 
one storyline, like one A storyline with Thanos, the Affinity Stones, him completing his goal, the snap, bringing them back, all that. And of course, we had the B storylines of the individual characters going through their movies. Um, and then the C storylines would be like secondary characters doing their thing. Like that's how it was. It, it was pretty, pretty straightforward. It was just this linear thing. Cool. Now, I don't even know what to think because we have so many things going on. I don't know how they're going to keep everything going separate like this or how it's going to all come together. It's making my head hurt, and I really hope they stick the landing because there's there's a lot of um, pieces added now to where like the juggling act is getting a little bit more intense, and I don't know if they're going to be able to keep them up in the air that long. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, after Spider-Man Far From Home, we had no idea what to expect because the shows hadn't even come out yet and Phase 4 hadn't really kicked off yet. So we were just all left in limbo. Like, we, we've all hit the peak. So, like, where do you go from there? So I'm just going to kind of run down, like, everything we've seen so far and kind of just, like, assess, like, what's going on because there's there's things going on on the ground level, the cosmic level, now space and time. It's just... I don't even know where to begin. Okay, so WandaVision has come out. Oh, by the way, the shows, uh, well, I'm going to talk about some spoilers. I'm going to kind of dance around them, but if one slips out, I apologize, but they have been out for quite some time. Okay, so with WandaVision, it's the initial stages of the Multiverse of Madness storyline, or like the the Multiverse storyline, you know, to where at the end, she fully embraces her Scarlet Witch powers and she is searching for her kids. And she opens up the book that was given to her by Agatha. Um, and she becomes obsessed with it. And you can see the initial stages of her almost busting open the multiverse. So there's that. At the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, we see Julie Louis Dreyfus's character. She's kind of forming the Dark Avengers or whatever they're going to call it because they have... Um, you know, uh, White Russell's character, who was the bad Captain America. Uh, they're gonna. She she has um, Yelena. What's her name? It's uh, Florence's Pugh's character from Black Widow. She's got her. She's going to get um, um, Zemo, and a few others as we we start to uh, get these movies and TV shows. But that tells me that this is going to happen on the ground level. Like this is going to happen within this country, and that's going to be their thing. Okay, so we have that, and then we have the multiverse. Now we get into Loki, which is now going off the deep end because now we've been introduced to Kang, and we've been introduced to this timeline that he's kept sacred, but now Sylvia is the one that busted open, and she's got all these strands going off of it, and she kills... This version of Kang, which is actually the nicer one. So now that he's gone, there is another multiverse that Loki has been transported to where it looks like Kang the Conqueror is the one taking over. So now the multiverse is in tethers. We have ground level Dark Avengers happening. And we have the multiverse about to bust open. Okay. After seeing Shang-Chi, 
and the end credit scenes. Now there's even another thing at play that's going to probably cut through the entire uh, Phase 4 uh, storyline that, that will just be kind of like a, a MacGuffin that's going to float around from movie to movie. And now we have the Eternals trailer. And in this trailer, first of all, great trailer. It, it sets up, you know, why they did not intervene with Thanos and the snapping and everything because someone is telling the Eternals not to step in unless there's a deviant that's attacking. And a deviant is just, you know, like a demon or anything from another world. Like, they attack that thing, they wipe it clean, make sure no one notices it. So that's their only objective. So they're not supposed to interfere with any type of, like, human history, anything like that. Um, They're told not to do that. So someone is instructing them and holding power over these angels, uh, you know, eternal angels, because they're not, like, godlike creatures. There is a god above them controlling them, which is a celestial, right? But, like, I don't know if it's a celestial. It could be someone else, but... um, they explain that in the trailer, and then just overall, I, I really love the um, kind of just epic feeling and the the kind of like broad stretch of where all these characters are going to go across the Earth and the, the cosmos. Like, it just looks like an epic story, and it's only the second one in this phase. Um, just, uh, I, I'm going to get into uh, uh, Shang-Chi just a, for a brief second here, but that movie is... Super weird and fantastic, fantastical. Sorry, and it, it's not afraid to embrace it. It kind of goes there. It feels like Harry Potter at sometimes. So it's already getting into like the weirdness and going um, something completely different. And the Eternals looks like it's going to do the same thing, but it's dealing with celestials at this point and gods. And I think my thing is like, I how are they going to? intertwine like the Eternals storyline because it seems like the the re-snapping like shot out this energy wave that's like doing something weird and they, they're they're intervening at this point maybe a celestial's like hey they're about to like destroy this you need to go take care of this while at the same time we're dealing with like the Kang stuff in the Loki show because like now the multiverse is stretched out like so are we gonna follow the Eternals in our storyline or well, I mean, I guess so because of the Thanos and the Snap. But are they going to go to different multiverses, different celestials? Like, I have no freaking clue. Like, it's hurting my head. And so, so many questions with, like, the end of Loki and the Eternals and Shang-Chi. It's just, I don't know where they're going to go. Because at this point, I just assume that the multiverse is actually going to take up a majority of Phase 4. I don't even think it's going to get racked up in Doctor Strange 2 because WandaVision was the introduction to it. Then the middle section will probably be um, Spider-Man No Way Home. And then the the third act of this multiverse storyline will be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I I don't think it's going to be done, though. I, I think it's going to cause this strain on all these characters throughout the rest of the phase. And maybe we're going to get introduced into other, you know, heroes from different timelines and multiverses like the X-Men or Fantastic Four. And maybe that's how they're going to introduce them. But I have a feeling the multiverse is going to play a huge part. And I'm wondering if like the Celestials and Eternals like know that that's going on. 
how come they didn't stop it? I figured, like, since they're gods, they would stop little old Kang the Conqueror. Like, he's just a little little itty-bitty compared to them. So, I, I don't know. Um, and when we get to the Eternals, I'm sure we'll have more questions answered, but probably not. Uh, and then Spider-Man No Way Home might answer a little bit more and start us on that path. But I think the intensity of this storyline now has reached an all-time high and even when they finish this storyline like the multiverse the dark avengers celestials where do you go from there i feel like like this feels like the end game this feels like the final stretch of all of this and then at the end of all this um like avengers six or seven or whatever it's just gonna end like it's not they're gonna keep turning these out until they don't make money anymore but like, how crazy would that be if they're going to get to a certain point where they just stop making these and they've reached that storyline? Oh, and I forgot, they're also going to reach uh, Supernatural territory with Moon Knight and having Ethan Hawke play Werewolf by Night. And, of course, we got Blade fighting vampires. So now we're getting into that territory. It's like, okay, so now we're dealing with, like, five or six different things. What the heck? Like, <laughs> so... I don't know. That's just kind of where my mind's at right now. I'm more curious about the Eternal storyline because I do think that one's going to have bigger implications, uh, just like Loki did. And, Nicole, and of course, the, the multiverse storyline is going to be crazy. So, yeah, let me know what you think of um, uh, Phase 4, just everything you've seen so far. And you know, when you guys see Shang-Chi, like if you have any different theories or whatever. But, yeah, I... Um, I'm getting exhausted just talking about it because like I'm sure when everything plays out it's going to be as it's going to be simpler than what we're what we're theorizing but fun to talk about so yeah um I'm still invested into this universe I want to see where it goes um but I just really hope they can juggle all this stuff uh, without dropping a ball so speaking of the first film of phase four Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh so yeah when we come back from the break uh, we will talk about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's going to be a fun conversation. Cannot wait to do it. So I will see you guys in a bit. And we are back from the break. And so let's dive into Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the introduction to Phase 4 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So super excited to talk about it. So let's break it down. If you don't know what this one is about, Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed weaponry-based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization run by his father. So a lot of family drama going on, and it's directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, and that family drama is very important because Destin Daniel Cretton and his filmography, that is what he's best at, and I'll explain more when we break it down, but he was the perfect choice for this, for sure. And uh, so going into it, I'm going to be honest with you, the trailers underwhelmed me. Now, I'm already ingrained into this universe. You could literally put out the worst trailer possible. I'm still going to see it because I'm 13 years into this. It's kind of hard not to go see it. It's kind of hard to just cold stop it after Endgame because I'm just curious. I want to see what happens next with... Uh, existing characters new characters how the how the world's going to expand and of course they've been doing that very well with the disney plus shows this year but this is the first movie to like dive into that 
uh, and the trailers were just, like I said, they were not clicking with me, and I didn't know why. So I saw the movie. I like it quite a bit, and uh, it, it is a, a damn fine attempt uh, at, at an origin film, and I think it's, it's one of their better ones when it comes to origin films and solo films uh, with a completely new character. This was a very solid film. And uh, I, I highly enjoyed it. Can't wait to see it again. Uh, bought my tickets for opening night on Thursday. Can't wait to see it with a, a, a larger crowd. So let's kind of break this down. Director Destin Daniel Cretton. I am aware of him from Short Term 12. I just saw Just Mercy on a plane like a few months back. Um, so I, I am aware of what he does. I'm a huge fan of him. And, you know, he's worked with Brie Larson quite a bit. Um, with, uh, you know, I'm glad that he has, like, his actors and stuff that he goes to. Uh, he was also the director of The Glass Castle. That's what I was trying to look up. I didn't see that one. But uh, I am such a huge fan of Short Term 12 that I was automatically ready to follow this guy throughout this, his entire career. And to see him land with such a big budgeted movie, I was curious. Because the majority of his filmography are small indie films or small-ish films. How is he going to handle the action sequences? How is he going to handle big VFX shots? How is he going to composite everything while also balancing the story elements and the characters and, you know, honing that in because that's what he's best at. Like, how is he going to balance everything? I think he did a great job, honestly. To start with the, his strengths as a filmmaker and kind of bleeding into this film, you know, the, the family drama between Shang-Chi and his father... His sister, um, his friend uh, Katie, played by Aquafina, all of that is handled really well. The family aspect and just everyone dealing with their own separate thing, the tragedy between the son and the the daughter, um, the father, the mother, the aunt, like everything, it's just so well handled, and you really care for these people. You really, you really feel for them, and they're. Their journey, even with his father making mistake after mistake after mistake and really kind of turning evil, you get why he's doing everything. Even though he's not really looking at the full picture, you understand like why he's doing it and you even care about, you know, the sadness that's kind of dwelling underneath him. And I loved all the conversations between Shang-Chi and his father. They were really just kind of heartfelt and really kind of got you um and the emotions a little bit. And you're like, okay, this is really well handled. I love this because when you're introducing a new character to the majority of the audiences that's never heard of him before, including myself, you really have to get to know these people in one movie, one go around, uh, this is your chance. And I think just knowing the world that Destin built around Shang-Chi being this kind of unabashedly like weird and fantasy-driven type of setting while also having like the core elements, which is the the, the tragedy within the family, it, it's it's really well done on that level. And so I care about everyone. I want to see more. That would be my only like real gripe is like I want to see more of them. Now I want to see them explore the family history now, uh, given the end credit scene. And so, uh, you know, to kind of dive into like the 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 bigger aspects about the film. Uh, action-wise and just uh, spectacle-wise, th that blew my mind. 
there's a lot of sequences in this film that really kind of have this light and airy choreography and stunt work while also packing a real punch when you know it is hit with something it's just it's just this wonderful dance that is captured on screen and i just i love the way the camera moved and really kind of captured everything and in long form you get to see every single hit every single blow you felt every single time when shang chi got hit or when someone got hit that you cared about they keep getting knocked down and they keep standing back up the action in this is just it's really good and uh, I, i'm i'm glad that they really kind of honed in on making this such a spectacle vfx wise but also having this hand-to-hand -hand combat that really add to the stakes uh, in the story and the characters, but uh, really enjoyed that. And then, as far as like VFX uh, action sequences go and everything, that third act, that climactic battle, is some of the most impressive VFX work I've seen in a Marvel movie so far. Um, you'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. Really great character design and uh, just texture and just believability and just taking up the screen and feeling like this epic threat it just everything about that on that front fantastic speaking of the vfx work um some of the green screen is a little bit muddy um you know when characters have a specific amount of light on their face and they have a dark and murky background it can poke out a little bit and not be as believable and blended as well but that's nitpicky stuff and i know people on twitter are going to pull certain scenes out of this movie and go look See, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is bad because of this one scene. Doesn't make it a bad movie. It's just, yes, some of the green screen actual compositing work is noticeable, but it's not something to bring down a movie, but I already know people on Twitter are going to go crazy for it. So enjoy, enjoy that, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, I mentioned this earlier, but the world building that Destin creates uh, really kind of just being this full-blown fantasy and this otherworldly thing, even though it's, it takes place on Earth. It really just kind of transports you to that area, and uh, they did a really great job setting that up and just building this whole entire thing out, introducing us to new characters and to new worlds and creatures. Well done on that part. Now, Destin Daniel Creighton uh, is a co-writer on this film, and for the most part, I think introducing this character in this world to everyone in uh, you know a little over two hours is it's a lot of story to tell, and I think for the most part, they did a pretty good job. It does kind of lag a little bit, and uh, the second act, it, it does feel like, you know, it slows down a little bit. And it's like there's a lot of dense information being given to us. And like at a certain point, you know, it just it kind of like stretches for a little bit too long. But uh, other than that, the two things about the story that really bothered me the most are is a is a plot point uh, that really kind of affects how people get to the final destination in the film and I, I guess I misheard it, but it seemed like it was kind of not believable when um, one person made it there and the other person also made it there, considering that there were obstacles in the way. I'll let you watch it. You understand what I'm talking about, but that kind of bothered me. And the addition of a certain character that comes back from a previous film I, was there for comedic effect, but I really didn't find it necessary uh, to be there overall kind of just dead weight and i felt like probably shouldn't have uh, been in there uh, i think the mention of the character uh kind of earlier on was fine i, I just thought the a certain recurring character didn't really even need to be there so so let's move on to the acting uh 
Simu uh, Liu uh, is Shang-Chi. He, he is our lead in the film. At first, I'm not going to lie, he was a bit cold in his delivery. He, he looked like he was like nervous, and it, it looked like he was script reading, and I didn't really feel it. But that was his, his delivery style, and once I got used to it, I really started to appreciate his character more, and then by the end of it, I loved him. I wanted to see more. So it was a bit rocky at first, but I really got a hold of like what his acting style is like. And I think this is the first thing I've seen him in, so maybe that's always how he's done it, but that's how it kind of felt. But as he kind of found his footing, I really appreciated him as the, the lead, and I cannot wait to see where he goes from here. Aquafina is his friend. She's always a breath of fresh air. She's bright. She's bubbly. Adds a lot of comedic value to each scene. Really enjoy seeing her and stuff. So she can be in anything for till the end of time. Uh, Michelle Yao makes a, a, an appearance um, towards the latter half of the film, but uh, she's she's really great. She always makes an impact in whatever she does, and so I always love seeing her. Uh, and then Wong as a a surprise kind of. Avengers uh, thing. This isn't like a spoiler because this was in the trailers. Um, I love Benedict Wong. I love his character. Uh, he can literally just hop in any movie he wants to in this universe, and I will just absolutely uh, find it uh, awesome. So, but my my favorite person is Tony Leung. I am aware of his filmography. Uh, I will admit on camera that there are blind spots, and I have not seen a lot of his filmography. But I'm aware of how prolific he is, how legendary he is, and I need to watch more. That's just straight up, I will tell you that. But in this particular movie, he is amazing. And he is the perfect foil and perfect casting for uh, for Shang-Chi. He goes through this range of emotions, range of feelings that we have towards him. There are certain scenes where he's very lovable, he's very kind, cares about his kids, then he neglects his kids. Then he turns full-on evil, and you hate his guts just from the, the simple stares and the looks that he gives you. It's amazing stuff. And then at the very end, you know, I won't say what happens, but then you, you start to feel for him again. You're like, wow. Like, I I, I appreciate, like, like what he's doing. Like, he, he's, he's almost like, you know, he's turning it around a full 360 just from the way he acts and the way he carries himself. And it's just... It's such a great performance, and I love the dynamic between him and uh, Simu. Um, really great kind of father-son uh, bonding moments, and just that's where the core of the story is, and you have to cast the right people for that, and I think they killed it on that front. So, um, yeah, I think all the performances all around, uh, even you know just ones that pop up temporarily, uh, whether they be henchmen of the Ten Rings, you know, fun little goons <laughs> running around, or... You know, people in the, you know, so-called village that they go to. Um, I, I just thought everyone really kind of added a lot to the overall personality of the world that they were trying to build. And I really appreciated that. So, yeah, the performances all around are fantastic. Um, yeah, I uh, I think I mentioned pretty much everything else. Uh, it does, The pacing a little bit in the middle kind of is thrown off just a hair. Uh, to where uh, I thought it could have been picked up a little bit more. Uh, that's why they also front-loaded Act 1 with two action sequences, and then Act 2 is all exposition and family drama, and then the third one is just kind of bonkers with the final climactic battle. But um, the, v the VFX work, like I said, also really great. Some of the green screen work could have been cleaned up a little bit more, but 
VFX work in creature design, mind blowing. Some of the best I've, I've seen in this universe thus far. I'm not even joking. So, um, really great stuff on that front. Uh, you know, it shot well because when you're dealing with a lot of, you know, choreography, hand to hand combat, you know, you need to have some fluid cinematography and you have engaging cinematography, really kind of just, uh, put yourself in that moment with them. And re it's really exhilarating to watch. There's a lot of like, you know, long shots, like I mentioned, uh, really just showcasing the, the brutality of the, the fight scenes and everything. So you, and you feel those punches, you feel those hits. Um, yeah, it's, it's really great stuff. Music is also really great. Um, does feel like a Harry Potter film at times. Uh, I know my wife really enjoyed that. She loves uh, that franchise as well as I do, but uh, the music is, is really nice. Uh, soundtrack, the songs um, that were chosen kind of remind me of like, you know, a mini playlist from like the Guardians movies and stuff. So that was cool mixed in with like a, a really epic and swelling score that all came together. Guys, I don't know what else to tell uh, tell you. I think I pretty much hit on everything. Um, the end credit scenes, without spoiling anything, do have huge ramifications for, you know, Shang-Chi in the future of his movies and then also the whole MCU overall. So let me know down below or, you know, tag us or whatever and what you think of the movie. Uh, I would like to hear your thoughts on it. But that will do it for episode 330 of the Real Me and Colin the Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful episode where we just got to fully nerd out. Uh, and um, hopefully I didn't scare anyone uh, too bad. <laughs> That's just uh, what I like to do. Uh, I like to nerd out on this stuff, but also find obscure smaller movies too. Uh, so I'm kind of all over the place, but I, that's, I, I like film. I like all types of film. So yes, thank you for joining me on uh, this episode of the, the podcast. I don't know what the next episode will be. I'm going to take next week off. Uh, I think you guys will get um, episode, episode four of What If Review. But other than that, I'm not posting anything since this week was so heavy. Um, two podcasts and like uh, three reviews and everything. So uh, I'm going to take a break for a, a week and then I'll, I'll come back um, with another episode. That's why I was going to give you guys two this week uh, just to hold you guys over. So yeah, next week will be kind of light. Um, just the one review of What If and then... Yeah, so, you know, hopefully the following week I'll have some more stuff. But, yeah, I hope you guys have a good week, uh, good day, night, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, and, and I'll see you guys in a couple weeks, maybe with an, another episode. I got to see what the, the schedule uh, is like, you know, what the fall schedule is looking like. Like I said, my favorite theater is open. So, you know, I do plan on going back more to the theater. So, yeah, we'll just see what's going on. But hopefully you guys enjoyed the two podcast episodes this week. And, uh, you know, when you guys see Shang-Chi next week, um, you know, when it opens, uh, I hope you guys have fun with it. And uh, I, uh, I'm i excited for us to go through phase four together. We've been through phases one, two, and three so far, so let's keep it going. So uh, thank you for listening. You guys are the best. Uh, I love all you guys' support. It, it means a lot to me. So that will do it for this episode of the podcast. This has been episode 330. My name is Chase, and I will see you guys next time for whenever another episode drops. Goodbye.